Welcome. Good morning. Good to have each and every one of you here this morning. Uh, Psalms 122 and verse 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, boy, what a joy is in my heart today. Uh, I'm so glad to see you here. Uh, also, if you're tuning in live with us on Facebook or YouTube, we're so excited to have you with us this morning as well. Uh, we will continue doing this uh, for the foreseeable future, so I'm so honored that you chose Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church uh, to tune in and watch our services uh, this week. Aubrey, you want to say hi? <laughs> She's been quarantined too long. But we're so excited to be here this morning. Uh, we're excited to have our uh, song leader and musicians with us this morning. I'm ready to worship the Lord and uh, hope you are too. Uh, so excited to, to be here with everyone. We're going to open the service in a word of prayer. And uh, if you will, at this time, stand with us as we go to the Lord in prayer. What is it? Do you want to go down? Go to Mommy? Sorry about that. All right, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how, Father. We're so thankful to be in your house this morning, God. We're so thankful to gather with uh, your body, uh, with your church, with your people. God, I'm so thankful to be able to come uh, in the house of the Lord and to worship you, God, and to preach your word. God, that we might reach hundreds of people through the Internet. God, we're so uh, thankful, God, for the resources that you have provided during this time. God, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for all that you do for us. And, God, we're so humbled uh, to be here today. God, I pray that you'd bless each one uh, that has came this way. I pray, God, that you'd just protect them, protect their families. I pray, God, that you would heal our land. God, I pray that you would be with our governments, God, that is uh, uh, trying to uh, function uh, with all that's going on in our world. I pray that you would be with it. I pray, God, that you would touch each person. God, and the word of God says that if any man lacketh wisdom, let him ask of God who upbraideth not and giveth liberally, and whatsoever we should ask, Lord, in your name we shall receive. And God, I just uh, come to you this morning asking for your favor upon this uh, building today and asking your favor upon your people. God, I pray that you bless this service. God, bless the singing, bless the musicians, and I pray, God, you bless the preacher. God, I pray that you would anoint me today and fill me with the word of God, fill me with your uh, words that I may be a blessing to somebody. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother John. All right, let's get our rejoice book. Turn to 569. 569. When up on life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God had done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God had done. Are you ever burdened with the load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You Every doubt will fly And you will be singing as the days go by Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God hath done 
when you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven or your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. See what God hath done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Let's turn to 344. 
free this morning. Amen. Thank the Lord. Uh, I'm also glad I'm part of the family of God. I call you brother and I call you sister. Why? Because we're family. I'm glad to be a part of the Bluebell family. Uh, I ain't seen you in two months, but that's, that's okay. I still feel part of the family. And uh, I, we're privileged and we're humbled to be here. And thank you for, for trusting us and believing in us and praying for us. Uh, over the last few weeks. Also, on behalf of my family, uh, some of the church family has been so generous to us uh, over the last two months, and we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, for your generosity, for your hospitality, and for your love and prayers. Um, this morning, I do have a few announcements. I am going to announce uh, our Sunday evening virtual reawakening, uh, and that will be tonight on Facebook Live and YouTube. Brother Roger Duncan II from Sefner, Florida, uh, will be preaching live from his church in Sefner, Florida, uh, and he goes by Hoy, so Brother Hoy Duncan uh, will be preaching the word to us this evening, so you can watch that at home on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, also, um, Vacation Bible School, as of right now, uh, is still scheduled for July the 13th, correct? Uh, and it will run through that Friday. Uh, if we do need to postpone that, uh, we will, but as of right now, it is still scheduled for that uh, second week of July, so be in much prayer for it. Pray for the kids that will be here. Pray for Brett as her and her team uh, decorate and get it together and all the stuff that goes along with that. Um, pray that we are able to have Vacation Bible School because what a blessing that will be to those kids uh, after having a crazy ending to their school year. Uh, they need something to look forward to, so uh, be in much prayer for that. Also today, uh, we will not be taking up an offering in the church, um, but if you do have cash or if you do feel led to give, uh, I did set something on the back table, so as you leave, you can drop it in that on your way out. Also, if you have your PayPal account on your phone, you can go to our PayPal account and submit your tithes and offerings that way as well. Uh, if you're watching live, you see that on your screen. Uh, 1932bluebell at gmail.com is our PayPal that you can send your tithes and offerings to 
or you can also mail it in at the bottom of the screen. Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church, P.O. Box 902, Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Um, so at this time, I'm going to ask the Lord to bless the tithes and offerings. Uh, you give how you feel led to. Don't feel obligated. Uh, you do not have to if you uh, cannot, and we understand. Uh, but we are so thankful for the generosity that has uh, came through our live stream. Uh, the Lord has not let us go without, and he has blessed us. He has blessed this uh, media ministry that we have done over the last few months, and so we're just so thankful to the Lord uh, for what he's doing here at Bluebell. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. And God, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your uh, riches, God. And the Word of God says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. And Father, we're so thankful for that promise. And God, I'm asking you today to bless those that can give and those that cannot give uh, during this uh, moment of tithes and offerings. And God, we just want to give back to you, Father, for you've been so good to us. Father, you've not letting us go without. And God, we're just so blessed uh, to be serving a God who cares for us. Even the, uh, the hairs upon our head are numbered. And God, we just love you so much and we thank you for all that you do. God bless each one that is here. Bless those that are watching online. And Father, I just pray that you bless the remainder of this service. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Is there anyone here that has a song on their heart that they would like to sing? Miss Sue, do you have a song or anything? Okay. John, you got one? All right. All hearts. Anybody got a testimony or a word of praise or anything like that? Yes, Miss Sue. Oh, Amen. Miss Ann. Thank you, Miss Ann. Okay. For some of you that couldn't understand her, she does have some material that she can make some uh, handmade masks uh, for, for you uh, to wear. And she said just to contact her or myself, and we will get those to you. Um, is there anything else? Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Ain't it amazing that even when we couldn't be in, in the house of God and see God moving and working, you can still know that he is just working behind the scenes even while we can't see it. And, and that happens so often during our life, uh, living for him. He, we don't always see the blessings of God, but we know that he is working behind the scenes on our behalf, and that is so awesome, uh, especially when uh, you get a phone call and say, hey, your media ministry has blessed me, and uh, I want to I want to come be in service with you. And man, that is a blessing, ain't it? That only God can do that. That's nothing that me or Brother Joe or or Brother Bill has done. That is all God, and and that God is so good, and I'm I'm just so joyful uh, today. All hearts and minds clear. All right, Brother John's giving me 40 minutes to preach an hour-long message. I told him, I said, the last eight weeks I've been used to just getting up here and preaching, and, and y'all get a full service of preaching. And uh, so I, I've got to unhook the wagon and let the horses just keep running until next week. So uh, y'all y'all pray for me. Uh, if y'all have watched our live streams regularly, you know that we are uh, doing our Joy Robbers sermon series. This will be uh, the fourth part, um, but... I was telling Casty that chapter 4 is so, it's probably, it's one of the shorter chapters in the book of Philippians, but it is so uh, full of meat that we need to understand and learn to apply to our lives. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you have struggled with worry? I am the world's worst worrier. Ask my wife. I worry about everything. And it's because I'm a planner, and I like planning things. And so if, 
If I plan things and I see that my plan ain't going to go my way, I tend to worry, and it's out of my control. And, you know, that's what I've kind of titled it in my heart is out-of-control worry because when you worry about things that are beyond your control, it's going to steal your joy from you, and it's going to make you upset, and it's going to make you irritable, and it's going to make all these things happen to us that doesn't have to happen if we just go to the Lord first. So this morning we're going to be preaching on joy robbers uh, from Philippians chapter 4 on the uh, subject worry. And if you have been with us the last few weeks, in the first week we talked about having a single mind. And having a single mind is simply saying that I'm going to live for Christ during these unprecedented circumstances and I'm going to defend the gospel at any cost. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1 verse 21, he said, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And the following week I preached on having the submissive mind against people. Because when we submit ourselves and we become submissive unto the Holy Spirit, he makes us a servant to all. And so uh, the word of God says in Philippians 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And that was uh, kind of the main uh, point that Paul was trying to drive home is that if we are going to conquer uh, uh, circumstances and the people in our lives that might be prideful or, or even our own selfishness, if we're going to conquer our own pride, we must have a submissive mind and have the mind of Christ. And last week on Mother's Day, we, we preached to you and talked to you about how that earthly things, we can get so bombarded with uh, the wants of our lives, not the needs but it's always the wants in our lives that tend to steal our joy from us. Uh, I remember a time in my life when I wanted a brand new truck. And boy, I, I, I just was looking every day online trying to find it in the right price range. And, and I was worrying my wife to death because I just wanted a new truck. I wanted to find, find a nice truck and I wanted that. And knowing that my finances couldn't support that want. And it would just cause us to worry so much. But then I realized... And Cassie, all during that time, she said, why don't you put your mind on heavenly things? Why don't you put your treasures in heaven? Because all, you can't take a new truck to heaven with you. You can't take a new house with you. You can't, you can't take new clothes or anything like that with you to heaven. So why don't you worry about the heavenly things? And so last week, that's what I preached to you on, and minding heavenly things and how that if we will have a spiritual mind against these earthly things, uh, we can conquer uh, our debt, we can conquer our finances, we can conquer these things that are out of our control when we have a spiritual mind. So this uh, morning, we're going to start preaching to you on having a secure mind. And you cannot have a secure mind without having a single mind, a submissive mind, and a spiritual mind. So this morning, we are going to uh, preach to you from Philippians chapter 4, and we are going to begin reading in verse number 1. I'll ask you to stand with me this morning, if you don't mind, to reverence the Word of God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says this, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eudeus and beseech Sintiac that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and with other uh, my fellow laborers, whose name... Names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you today as humble as we know how. 
And Father, I'm so thankful to be in your house. And God, I glorify you. And Father, all I'm trying to do this morning is to uplift the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'd be with us. I ask you today, God, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Father, give me the words to speak today. God, that I may be a blessing and a help to somebody here. And God, I pray, Father, that you'll just take over. Help me to put my flesh to the side, God, that you may speak and that we may hear and that we may listen. Father, we love you today. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing with us. You may be seated. There's always a reason that we can find in our lives that causes us to worry beyond our control. I bet if I ask you something right now, tell me one thing that you're worrying about. I'm sure you could name that thing, couldn't you? Because I'm telling you, in the last two months, we've had a lot to worry about, haven't we? But that's not of God. Worry is not of God. Worry, in fact, is a sin unto God because that's showing that we're not trusting God and we're not dependent upon God. And that's exactly what God is wanting us to do. God wants us to be fully, totally dependent upon Him. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's where God wants us to be. God wants us to live in those verses. We are humans with limitations created by a limitless creator. You ever thought of that? Why is it that we can do so much in our own strength? I mean, the military, they can go and they can fight for our lives and, and they can save lives and, and, and they can fight for the freedom of this country but sometimes they're not able to save their own life. They're willingly sacrifices their own lives to protect the lives of others. Why is it that sometimes an EMS uh, worker can save a life of somebody else, but when it's them in need, they themselves can't save their own life? Why? Because God has not given us as humans the limits to do so. He's a limitless creator. He can do all things, amen? He can conquer our worry. He can conquer uh, uh, any disease. He can conquer any virus. He can conquer anything that uh, it seems too hard for us. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord said, Behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for God. He is a limitless creator. He put limitations within us so that we would know that He is in control. When we have things in our life beyond our control, that's when we should go to God who will go beyond our limitations and meet our needs. Thank God for that. Amen. Some of you have been without work over the last few months, but have you had a need go without? Why? Because when it was, be when it was beyond your control, God went a little further and he met that need. Amen. That's my God. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said this in the book, Be Joyful, that I've been studying on. He said, if anybody had an excuse for worrying, it was the Apostle Paul. His beloved Christian friends at Philippi were disagreeing with one another, and he was not there to help them. Eudia and Sintiak's argument was bringing divisions into the church at Philippi. That, dis that disagreement is not mentioned in the book of Philippians, but perhaps it was about money. Couldn't it have been? What's, the, what's one of the major things that causes divorces in America? Finances. Why? Because they try to do it within their own and not trust God to meet their needs. God will meet our needs. And it's, even that, he'll go beyond our needs and give us some of our wants. But he don't give us all of our wants, right? Because he wants us to trust him. Because he knows what's best. Paul had great excuses to worry. But he did not. Instead, he took time to explain to us the secret of victory over worry. And that secret is having a secure mind. Dr. Wearsby said that if we are to conquer worry and experience the secure mind, we must meet the conditions God has laid down. And there are three. And that's my first point this morning. He said in the book, he said the three conditions are right praying, right thinking, and right living. So this morning, uh, with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach to you on right praying, right thinking, and right living. My first point this morning, I want to talk to you from uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. It says, be careful for nothing. 
In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. My first point that I want to preach to you on is an attitude of prayer. If we have worry in our lives, the very first thing that we must do is go to God. Go to our source. Go to our creator. Go to the one who knows everything about us. He knows everything in our circumstances. He knows all of our finances. He knows what's going on in the world around us. Amen? And so we should first pay very close attention to verse number 6. And it's, I underlined the word careful, and I think you can see that up here. And the definition to the word careful, uh, in the Greek, it means to be pulled in different directions. Dr. Wiersbe said, our hopes pull us in one direction, and our fears pull us in the opposite direction, and we feel pulled apart. So when our hopes and our feels are going against each other, in our minds and in our spirits, it's like we're battling each other and we're pulling. It's kind of like playing tug-of-war. Any of you played tug-of-war before? Uh, and I, I played with some grown men. And listen, that, that's a challenge. Uh, when you got some grown men about the same size as you, uh, yeah, that's, that tends to be a challenge. But that's the way our spirit, see, our spirit and our flesh, we're always at tug-of-war with our flesh and our spirit. And that's where worry comes in. Worry comes in in the middle. Because our hopes is pulling us in one direction and our fears is pulling us in another. The old English root word from which we get our word worry means to strangle. If you have ever really worried, you know how it does strangle a person. In fact, worry has definite physical consequences. Did you know that worry and stress can be bad for your health? Why, why, why do we worry? If it's bad for us, why do we do it? You understand? And listen, I'm talking to myself. Why? And I've asked myself this week, Ben, why do you worry? If, it's, if that's your source of your headaches and if that's the source of your, your neck pain and, and all this, why, why do it? Why not just trust God? It's easier said than done, though, isn't it? Why? Because we're humans and we have limitations. And we have expectations that we can't meet in our own self. It does have definite physical consequences. Headaches, neck pains, ulcers, even back pains. Worry affects our thinking, our digestion, and even our coordination. Worry also, on the flip side of that, it also affects us spiritually. Not just the, the physical elements of worry, but the spiritual elements also affects us. Dr. Wiersbe said, worry is wrong thinking, which involves the mind. And all through the book of Philippians... The Apostle Paul, he is telling us that in order to have joy in the Lord through circumstances, with people, with things, and with worry, we've got to control our mind. We've got to control what goes into our mind. Because if you meditate on something too long, before long it gets into your heart, right? If you meditate upon a sin too long, should I do it? Should I not do it? Is it okay? Can I get by with it? Before long... Because you've meditated on, on that sin for so long and you hadn't released it unto the hands of God, you commit it. Why? Because it's set in your mind for so long that it has reached your heart and now your thought has become your action. And I'll get to that later. Worry is wrong thinking, the mind, and wrong feeling, which is the heart about circumstances, people, and things. Worry is the greatest thief of our joy. It is not enough for us, however, to tell ourselves to quit worrying because that will never capture the thief. You ever told yourself to quit worrying? I have. I probably do it on a daily basis. Ben, just quit worrying. Quit worrying. And you know what that does? It makes it worse. The more I tell myself to quit doing something, the worse it gets. Why? Because that's my flesh. And in order to truly conquer our worry and our fears in our life, we have to die to our flesh. We have to die to ourselves and our, our own thoughts. Because the, the Word of God says in the book of Psalms, I believe it is, no, Jeremiah chapter 17, 
He said that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? He said, I, the Lord, know the heart. And he said, I try the reins. So the Lord knows our heart, but we can't know our heart. Because when, when our heart deceives us, and believe me, it will. An uh, old preacher friend of mine, he told me, he said, don't follow your heart, follow God. You know, all my life I've been told to follow my heart. And some of you may have told your children, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. And maybe your parents have told you that. To just follow your heart. And let your heart guide you. Your heart can misguide you. Don't follow your heart because it will deceive you. But follow the Lord. Follow the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God has never led me wrong. It's never misguided me. And it's never led me into the darkness. Amen. And the Word of God has never caused me to worry. Bless God. Why? Because I know it's the truth. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, every period, every exclamation point, every semicolon, every colon, everything in the Word of God, it is truth. Why? Because God breathed it into the hearts and the minds of, of the men who penned it. And therefore, it is God's Word and it is true. It has no error. Dr. Wearsby also said that Paul could have said, just pray about it. But that would not be the right praying he is talking about. In order to pray right, Paul teaches that you must come to God in three ways. In verse number 6, he says, by prayer. That is humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Saying, God, I need help. See, if we have pride in our heart, we don't tend to ask for help. Because we think we can do it in our own. We think we can do it ourselves. Second, we must come in supplication. In supplication, I, I'm going to get there. It's an earnest sharing of our needs and problems. Dr. Wearsby said there is no place for half-hearted, insincere prayer. You ever prayed that? A half-hearted prayer? Lord, I, I need help, but... Not really. Lord, will you help me with this? Well, on second thought, I think I can do it myself. That's, that's the half-hearted prayer. And the third thing is with thanksgiving in verse number 6. Right, right praying takes all three to conquer. Prayer is the general word for making our requests known unto God. It carries the idea of adoration, devotion, and worship. And when you start worrying... Just get alone with God and worship Him. Ain't it amazing that when, when you are so burdened by your worry or by your stress or by uh, just anything that, that will get you down, if you get alone in your house and you turn on some, some worship music or just coming to church, and listen, I've went to church many times burdened down and, and carrying a heavy load, and a good song, somebody get up and sing a, sing a song that I feel the Lord in, and I just get up and worship Him, uh, and lift my hands toward heaven and say, Thank you, God, for, for helping me and for lifting my spirits. It's amazing that that worry vanquishes. So when you start to worry, just worship, because worship is what makes worry leave. Should I say that worship... It's that dog that's chasing after that, that animal. And it chases worry out when we just worship God. Because worship, it's a, it's a spiritual attitude that we're showing God that we love Him and that we uh, reverence Him. Supplication is the earnest sharing of our needs and problems. There's no place for half-hearted, insincere prayer. Supplication does not ask how much physical energy you exhort, but how often you are exhorting spiritual intensity. Do you remember the lady uh, in, in the book of Luke who would go before the judge and, and she would just keep making her petitions? And he, would, he wouldn't give her the time of day, but on that last time, he granted to her what she asked. See, it's not... It's not how, how much you ask or what you're asking, but it's your consistency in asking. 
Keep knocking on God's door. Keep knocking on the prayer room of heaven because sooner or later you're going to open the door and he's going to hear and he's going to answer. So bring your worry to the door. The third attribute of right praying is thanksgiving. When God comes on the scene and answers our prayers, we should in turn go back to him, not asking for anything, but simply give thanks for what God has done. Dottie Rambo wrote a song said, I just came to talk with you, Lord. And if you've never heard that song after service, go listen to it. Because in that song, she says, Lord, I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. She offered her thanks in that song to the Lord. And that ought to be our heart's prayer. Is that when God does something on our behalf, when he takes care of that thing that we're worrying about, we should in turn... Give him thanks. Amen. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, we find that there's ten lepers. And Jesus tells them to go their way and to show themselves unto the priest. And as they turned, the Bible says all ten of them received healing, but only one of them turned back. And he came back unto Jesus and he offered thanks. And he fell down at his feet and he worshipped him. And Jesus looked at him and said, Weren't there ten healed? Were there nine? They were ungrateful. They didn't have a heart of thanksgiving, but only one did. One had that right praying. One had that supplication. One had that thanksgiving. And he thanked God for his healing power. In Philippians 4 and 7, we find that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The antidote to worry, Dr. Wearsby said this, the antidote to worry is the secure mind. The secure mind in Christ, knowing that he will come on, on the scene and answer our prayers, that he will take care of our worry. If we are going to pray right, we are going to have to have the right mind. We must practice Philippians 1, 2, and 3 in order to develop the mindset in chapter 4. Dr. Wiersbe also said we must practice having a single mind, a submissive mind, and a spiritual mind if we are going to experience the secure mind. I believe that's why uh, in the book of Philippians, Paul saved worry for last. Because in order for us to not worry, we've got to have the mindset of Christ. We've got to understand uh, that our circumstances, it tends to make us worry. People tend to make us worry, right? Things that we own or that we want can make us worry. So what he's saying, he, he described what things in our life can cause us to worry in, first, in chapters 1, 2, and 3. And now he's summing it all up here in the last chapter saying, worry is your biggest enemy. Worry is your biggest thief and is the biggest joy robber. And in order to conquer it, You've got to have these four mindsets that Christ displays to conquer each one. He said, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In verse number 8, we find, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. My second point today is having an attitude of virtue and an attitude of praise. If you, if you don't know what the word virtue means, it simply means thinking on good morals. Virtue is the act of good morals, good moral things. And so if we, and I don't know if, you, if you're like this or not, but if you think about bad morals... And if bad morals is all that you think about, bad morals becomes your action. So if you think about doing good, if you think about the good moral uh, aspects of life, and you continue to think about what are good morals, how can I be a good moral person, more than likely your actions will be what you're thinking. Peace is having the right heart and the right mind. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says this, 
Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Who's he keeping in perfect peace? Whose mind is stayed on thee. See, when our minds are on, on the things that we're worrying about, our mind's not on God. Our mind's not on the Lord. But if we keep our mind on the Lord, the peace of God can rule in our hearts and, and keep us in uh, 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 Jesus Christ and worry will have no place. So it's all about the mind. It's all about learning to control what you're thinking and what you're hearing. Because a lot of times you can hear something and instead of having a filter and go in one ear and out the other, sometimes it, it creates a roadblock in your mind. And that thing that you heard, that, that bad thing that you heard, that's the thing you're going to be thinking about. Or if you hear a bad song that, that has a, a bad lyrics in it, or if you watch a bad movie that has bad scenes in it, sometimes it just clogs your mind, right? So in order to not do that, we've got to stay away from that stuff to keep our minds clear and to keep our minds clean and to, to wash us by the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 5 says. I found this quote, and it says, and some of you may have heard it, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. And sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. That's so true. I actually sent that to my dad because... It, when I was probably 15 year old, and he didn't remember it, but I remember it because I still got it. It's not in this Bible, but it's in one of my Bibles. When I was about 15, I, I had just accepted the call to preach. Dad gave me a little piece of paper, and it had that quote on it. I hadn't even thought about it till this week. My dad gave me that quote when I was 15. Because he knew as a, as a teenage boy, whatever you think can lead to an action. And whatever your action is, if you do it too many times, it becomes a habit. And if you do that habit, it soon becomes who you are. It becomes a part of you. It becomes your character. And if you don't go to God, your character will lead you to your destiny. Sometimes our character can lead us in the wrong direction. That's why we must come and humble ourselves before God and repent of our sins and be born again so that Christ can become our identity and He can change our character. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-6 through 6 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want you to notice. And bringing it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we must, on a daily basis... Bring our thoughts into subjection unto the Lord. Because then He can control our mind. When we bring our thoughts and we bring our mind into, into captivity and we bring it to the Lord, He then can control what we are thinking. And He can control whether or not we have worry in our lives. And let me tell you this. Where the Lord is, worry is not going to be. Because you cannot have worry in your heart and the peace of God in your heart. It don't work that way. You either have one or the other. So what are you thinking on? Really, that's the question that is in this, in this verse number 8. He said in Philippians 4, what are you thinking on? Because Paul tells us to think on these things. So if, we, if he has to tell us to think on these things, more likely than not, we're not thinking on those things, right? If he has to tell us to think on those things, a lot of times that's not necessarily what we're thinking on, is it? 
So Paul is telling us in Philippians 4 and verse 8 to think on things that are true, that are honest, that are pure, that are just, that are lovely, of good report, to think on virtue, to think on praise. He said, think on these things. Dr. Wearsby said that we must realize that thoughts are real and powerful even though they cannot be seen, weighed, or measured. I found this to be interesting. A, a Dr. Walter Colbert reported a survey on worry that indicated that only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. The other 92% either were imaginary, never happened, or involved matters over which the people had no control anyway. It's pretty amazing that we worry about everything. Literally. We worry. I mean, it, 8% of the things are legitimate, but 92% of things are telling me that most people worry about everything that's in their life. Whether it's their house, their vehicle, their finances, their marriage, their work, their school, whatever it might be, we worry about all these things. But Paul is telling us to think on things that are good, true, honest, and just. Right thinking. Let me back up. Let's not think about the thoughts that tear us down or cause us to be fearful, to worry, or to tell, tear down others if we speak our thoughts out loud. Dr. Wiersbe said, Right thinking is the result of daily meditation on the Word of God. Daily meditation on the Word of God. So we see that we've got to have an attitude of prayer. What's that tell you? That we should be in prayer on a daily basis, right? If, we're, if we are to cultivate something in our life, we must practice it on a regular basis. Amen? If you're going to form a new habit, you must practice it multiple times for it to become a habit. So we must have a habit of prayer. We must have an attitude of prayer that we go to God on a daily basis, on a regular basis, so that the Holy Spirit can cultivate the attitude of prayer in our life. Now we're seeing that we must have the right thinking. And in order for us to cultivate a right mindset, we must be putting in the right things, which is the Word of God. Lastly, this morning, and I will close uh, very shortly with this. Notice I said very shortly. I didn't say I'm closing. I said I'm, I'm leading that way. The last attitude that we must have, and I'll finish this chapter next week, but today I want to speak on these three things, the attitude of prayer, the attitude of virtue and praise, and an attitude of right living. We need more people to live right, don't we? I mean, you look around. The people that are living right is going down. And, and, and a lot of them claim to be Christians. A lot of them to profess the name of God. You've got a lot of people that, that claim to be Christians that are not living right. Why? Because it's an issue with the heart. You can talk all you want to. But in what you are living, it comes from the heart. Your actions, your, your being, it comes from your heart. So we've got to, in order to conquer our worry, we've got to have these three attitudes that we must live by. Warren Wearsby said also, when you have the secure mind, the peace of God guards your heart. And the God of peace guides you. In verse number 9 of Philippians chapter 4, it says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Right living is a necessary condition for experiencing the peace of God. The peace of God is one test of whether or not we are in the will of God. If we are walking with the Lord, then the peace of God and the God of peace exercise their influence over our hearts. Whenever we disobey, we lose that peace and we know we have done something wrong. God's peace is the umpire that calls us out. 
I don't know how many of you have played sports, but when I played baseball, there was always a rule book. Those umpires, they carried it around like the Word of God. I mean, it was a religious thing to them. They would carry that rule book, and if somebody crossed the line, they were going to address it. And that's the way God is. But he's carrying around the Word of God. He's carrying around the ultimate rule book. And he's lining everybody up according to the Word of God. Now, I want you to understand something. You and I are sinners. Y'all understand that? I didn't offend anybody, right? We're all sinners. Saved by the grace of God. We cannot live right unless the living right gets in us. You can't live right unless the right spirit is in your heart. Unless you have surrendered your mind to the right mind, to the right word, and surrendered your heart to the right heart, which is the heart of God. We're all sinners. We cannot live I don't want to miss say this, so please don't misunderstand me. Within our own flesh, we cannot live by the laws of God because we are sinners. We are not perfect. We cannot keep the law of God and be holy. But if we surrender and submit ourselves to the authority of Christ every day, the Holy Spirit then can live through us and help us to keep the Word of God. Am I understood? Did I, did I say that plainly enough for you to understand? Because I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm going to sin. But when I surrender myself to Christ, though I may fall, I can go to Him and say, Father, I have sinned. God, forgive me of that sin and help me to turn from that sin that I might not sin against you. And that's, that should be our attitude. That's how we live right, is that we have an attitude. And I should have titled this point, an attitude of repentance. Because if you're going to live right, you're going to live by a way of repentance. And every time that you fall, every time that you mess up, you're going to go to God in repentance and try your very best to allow the Holy Spirit to help you turn away from that thing. So we must have right living. Right praying, right thinking, and right living are the three conditions in having the secure mind and victory over worry. Dr. Wearsby said this, As Philippians 4 is the peace chapter of the New Testament, James chapter 4 is the war chapter. It begins with a question. James chapter 4 and verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? James explained the causes of war, which are wrong praying. He said in verse 3, he said, Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. He said wrong thinking because in verse 8 of James 4, he said, Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And wrong living in verse number 4 of James 4, he said, Know, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. So we see that the things that cause us to worry is wrong thinking, wrong praying, and wrong living. That's what causes that war and that strife and that worry and, and, and all that stuff that pulls, up, pulls us apart in our spirit. That's what's causing that. There is no middle ground. Either we yield our heart and mind to the Spirit of God and pr practice right praying, right thinking, and right living, or we yield to the flesh and find ourselves torn apart by worry. If you ask God to take away your circumstances, pride, uh, and pride in your life uh, or others' lives or material things, and your worry in order for you to get closer to the Lord, you're praying the wrong prayer. We shouldn't ask God to take these things away, but we should ask God to have the right mind to conquer these things. Because it's all about and that's what the book of Philippians is on. is how to maintain our joy in the Lord. And if you are going to continue to have joy in the Lord. And, and listen, uh, some of you may have been very depressed during this quarantine. But if you have the joy of the Lord, you don't have to worry. 
And listen, I... And I, I don't mean, and I'm not bragging, and I'm not being egotistical or anything like that when I say this. But ever since we moved here, God has supplied and filled our joy like never before. Has days been hard? Absolutely. Has there, have there been depressing days? Absolutely. But I will tell you this. We went and visited our family last week. And boy, Monday night when I rolled up on right back here, I said, it's so good to be home. Why? Because the Lord has given us joy to be here. And he has supplied every need. He, he has taken care of us. Though we miss our family, that doesn't mean that we want to go back. Because we see what God is doing here. God is blessing my wife. And if y'all read her newsletter, ain't she amazing? Ain't God just filling her up? It's amazing to me to see what God's doing through her and, and giving her. I, I read hers uh, before we submitted it Friday, and I thought, man, that's powerful. Because she said this. She said, despite our faults, despite our failures, and despite of who we are, God still loves us. Ain't that powerful? Don't matter how bad you are or how good you are or how messed up you are or how wicked you are, God still loves you. It don't matter how many times you turn your back on Him, He still loves you. That's pretty powerful to me. That's why, because we serve a God who loves us so much, that ought to make us want to yield ourselves to Him, right? And let Him help us to think right, live right, and pray right. I believe I'll close there. Because he loves us so much. And it's in his best interest for every one of us and everybody that's watching online to have the peace of God. That's what God wants. God wants us to experience the love of God in our lives so that we might dwell in the peace of God and that the God of peace may guide us through our day. Every day. Not just one day a week. Not just on Sundays. But every day we can have the peace of God and every day the God of peace will guide us. But we must do what Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says. If you'll pull that up for me, Brother Joe. Isaiah. Yeah. Okay. Isaiah 26. In verse 3 it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's where God wants us. Next week we'll continue on worry. Continue preaching to you on worry. And I'll begin my text from Philippians verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 11. And we'll read 11 through 23. So if you want to get a head start, go back and read Philippians 4 this week. Refresh your memory. Understand where, where I'm coming from. Because listen, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Amen? Just take my word as a grain of salt. But then... Go study it for yourself. I mean, you'll come to the same truth that I have. That if I'm going to conquer my worry against circumstances and people and things, I'm going to have that mind of Christ. And that's what Paul wants us to have. Paul had the mind of Christ. He was in bonds. He was stoned. He was thrown in prison. But all for the glory of God. Everywhere he went, every stone that was cast and hit him, I don't know if he, I probably would have screamed like a little baby if I got hit with a stone. But Paul might have said, thank you, Lord. He might have shouted hallelujah every time he got hit with a stone. I don't know. But I do know this, he had the mind of Christ. And he's given us an, a great example in the book of Philippians on how we can apply these minds. I've tried to 
glorify Christ during this unprecedented time. I, it's so, I, I don't know how many people, y'all are all spread out. It looks like we have 80 people here, but I know it's not that many. But I'm telling you, it, it is so good to have each and every one of you here. Does it feel good to be here? Does it feel good to hear, hear this little baby cry? Cassie says, I'm glad y'all get to hear what I, I've heard the last eight weeks. No, it's so good to be here. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you for uh, joining us online on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, remember tonight, 6 p.m., virtual reawakening. Brother Hoy Duncan will be preaching. Uh, so be, be sure to tune in and watch on Facebook. And be sure you come back next Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, if you will, stand with us this evening. We'll be dismissed. I pray that you got something out of the message that you can apply this week. Because, listen, I promise you, that when you walk out that door, the devil is going to put something on your mind to worry about. It never fails. I was telling Brother Joe this uh, uh, last Sunday. I said it, every, every message that I've preached in the book of Philippians, God has given me a test the week before, before I preach it. And I'll be honest with you, I failed. But you know what I'm doing? I'm still getting up every day asking God to give me the mind of Christ giving me that spiritual mind, giving me that submissive mind, because sooner or later, like I said, the more you practice something, you'll cultivate that mind. And we need to practice it in order to develop it, because if you pray for it one time, it ain't just going to happen overnight. It's something that we have to make a habit of and, and cultivate in our lives. So though I have failed in the past, I'm still striving to have the mind of Christ. And that's what I want you to do as well. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as humble as we know how. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Scripture, Father, that you have given us. Thank you for each and every person that is tuned in online. Thank you for each and every one that is here in the congregation today. God, be with us as we go our separate ways. Father, I pray that you would cultivate that mind of Christ in our lives. Father, that we may conquer everything in our life that uh, causes us to worry. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for all that you do for us. God, be with us until the next appointed time. Father, we love you. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.